Inspecting a rental property is frustrating. Most agents allow 10 to 15 minutes for you to view the property and then decide if it's good enough for you to apply. But there is always you and 10 other applicants. Soon, you're running out of time to get out of your home and you start to question why you aren't succeeding in your applications. We're going to get some great tips on how to appeal to your landlord when you really want that lease from the best, most experienced property manager in Melbourne, Sophie Lyon. You're listening to Real Estate Right. Top experts talk about how to buy, sell, rent and invest right. Your host is Sue Langder. Real Estate Right will be back in 2021 with more great tips for tenants, as well as buyers, sellers, and investors. We will be bigger and better than ever with some suburb profiles, information about the new Residential Tenancy Act, some expert help on buying and selling, as well as some key information in understanding the best way to invest. We would love it if you could go to our Podbean Patreon site to donate or simply subscribe, rate and review us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Now, on with the show. Sophie Lyon has worked in property management for more than 30 years and is currently the Director and General Manager of Property Management at Jealous Craig Borundara. Across what can only be described as a standout career, Sophie's ongoing delivery of superior client service has seen her rise to positions of significant leadership in all aspects of property management. Sophie is also actively involved as a director and the vice president of the REIV and is an accredited trainer currently focusing on delivering training for the new Residential Tenancies Act that comes in 2021. Welcome, Sophie. Yay. How are you? I'm really well, Sue. How are you? Yeah, well, thanks. Now, you've led an amazing career. Um, What got you into real estate and especially property management in the first place? Okay, so when I left school, I really didn't have much of an idea what I wanted to do. So my parents, I worked in retail for a little bit, and then my parents paid for me to do a receptionist course. Um, And when I went to a receptionist course, I didn't know exactly what I was going to do after that, obviously. Um, And I went for a job interview um, as a receptionist for a real estate company, um, and I was given the job on the spot. Um, and I thought that if someone offered you the job on the spot, you took it. So I did. Um, and then I maintained to this day, if I had have known that I had to work every Saturday, I would not have taken the job, but I did. And um, the rest is history, basically. But so I got into property management um, because the company that I was the receptionist at was a very small company. So it was basically myself, the property manager and the sales director. Um, and mm-hmm. the property manager was a lady named Carolyn Clark, who was absolutely amazing at her job. And I just kept looking at her and everything she was doing. I'm like, I want to do that. I want to be her. Um, And there you go. So the rest of my career was all focused around being in property management and, you know, um, I guess just always wanting to be 
to be as good as I could. Um, and so yeah. I just kept striving for that. And um, it's been a fun ride. What can I say? I'm sure it has. Because, <laughs> you know, just, just for a little bit of real estate, right, listeners, Sophie and I used to work together at Woodards back in, well, I was there from 96 to 98. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I was then, there from 94 to 2000. Yeah. So just a small amount of time, but that's that's yep. how long we've been. And we <laughs> were both nine when we worked there. We were. We were both nine. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, like you speak to kids now who are, you know, hitting 20 and it's like they were born in 2000. It's like, mm. really? I know. <laughs> mm-hmm. I hear you. Yeah. So, you know, we knew everything back then. Yes. Like and, that, well, you know, you like to say it, the world was different, but the world was different, <laughs> you know, back then. It was very different. Yeah, definitely. So now getting into the questions, what are the main criteria landlords use to choose a tenant? So the main criteria that the majority of clients look for is someone that's going to um, to look after their property, um, but also look after the financial side of things. So I think the majority of clients want, um, based to a certain extent, a set and forget tenancy, that they can put someone into the property that they're confident is going to maintain it well, let us know if there's any issues, um, keep the rent payments up to date, um, and again, let us know if there's any issues with that, um, and, you know, a- allow that tenancy to continue on in a, you know, on a fairly even keel, I think yeah. is, is probably the easiest way to explain it. Yeah, fair enough. When you're applying for a property, how does a landlord know that from your application? Mm-hmm. Um, well, a lot of it is around the references. Pretty much all of it is around the references. Um, to a certain extent with property managers, we get an opportunity to talk to people um, or the leasing consultants talk to people. And it does become, the longer you do this, you get a bit of a gut feel. Um, mm. And so I often say to property managers, you know, go with your gut on these things. If they're trying to decide between two or three different tenants um, on behalf of the of the owner and which ones to put forward to the owner or to assist the owner in making the decision. Mm. Um, but the, I think with um, with making those decisions, it is very much around um the you know making sure that we've got um information around where you're employed um making sure that your employer is available to answer any questions that we have that's Mm -hmm. one of the the hardest parts around making um inquiries about someone's employment or their current rental history is when those people aren't available to answer the questions and we're just kind of left hanging a bit and therefore the the potential tenants left hanging too so um it's it's very much around the references, making sure you've got as much information available um, yeah. and then um, making sure that we can get access to those people quickly. Yeah. So would you recommend, for instance, you should tell your employer that, look, I've put you down as a reference, you know, Sophie's going to give you a call. Can you please make sure you answer it? Um, yeah. You know, all that sort of stuff. Because yeah. I know a lot of people, they, like it's, that's their private information. They don't really want to know that they're moving here or there, or is that going to create questions for their employer going, well, why are you moving? You know, I thought you were happy wherever you were, or do you know what I mean? Like it it brings up all those questions for both sides. I think that, you know, that, that definitely can be part of it. So, you know, it, it doesn't, 
it doesn't always need to be your direct employer. It can be someone from HR, someone from payroll, um, if you have that kind of a, of a business. But if it's a smaller business and you only have your boss, that's the only person, um, then you need to have that conversation with them because there's no other way for us to confidently get that information. It's not like when you're resigning from a role and you don't want to tell your boss that you're resigning and so you give them kind of your friend who's a, you know, um, a colleague rather than your, your direct employer. Um, mm. there, there are questions that, um, that we need answered which can't just be answered from, from a payslip for argument's sake. So, um, so yeah, I, I don't think I've ever had a situation where someone said that they were concerned about advising their employer because they were concerned about what they would say. I've certainly mm. had situations where people have been in the midst of a marital separation or something like that, and they mm. haven't wanted to make that known to their employer. Mm. Um, so, you know, those sort of situations can be somewhat difficult. Um, mm. And, you know, I, I certainly had a situation once exactly in that situation, and the property manager in all instance rang up and actually told the receptionist why they were calling. And of course, Oof, that went through the business in about five seconds flat. Um, so if it is a somewhat sensitive situation, just make sure that you tell us and then we can work yeah. within that and make sure that we don't tell the receptionist why we're calling. Yeah. Um, there are ways and means to get to people without having to declare why you want to get to them. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, it doesn't always need to be a phone conversation. You know, we can we can do an email um, reference request, um, and then your employer just needs to answer the questions and and send it back through. Um, so you know, a lot of those can actually be done without a um, person to person conversation if you know people are concerned about that information getting out in their workplace. Yeah, fair enough. So there are ways. There are definitely ways. Always a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah. So besides obviously the finance and, and the, the understanding that these people will look after your property, what other things immediately would make a tenant more appealing to a landlord? Um, if they've got um, a rental history or if they've got some sort of history that can show how they've been maintaining the property. Um, mm. So, you know, even if they... Um, if they've owned their own property, we've we've had people express concerns before. I've never rented before. I don't know, you know, how I get your reference. Um, if you if you're selling a property or something like that, you can give us the name of the person who sold the property, and we can use them as a reference. Um, yeah. If you're sharing a house, give us the name of the people that you're sharing with. Um, you know, anyone that we can sort of talk to just to get an understanding of how the property is going to be maintained. Um, yeah. I, I'm actually, I'm a big one for people who write letters. Um, I actually really like when people You're write letters of, I know I am, <laughs> it's terrible. Um, and I say letter too, I don't even say email, isn't that sad? Yeah. Um, but, um, there's, there's plenty of people who actually give you a little bit of a blurb about who they are and um, what they're looking for. And um, I actually always find that's of value because it puts a little bit of context into who this person is, what they're about, what they're looking for. Um, and, you know, I, I just find that that kind of rounds out the whole, you know, here's where they work, here's how much money they have, but here's who they are as a person. Um, yeah. It's just it's just a nice way to kind of be able to wrap it all up and give that information to the owner. Yeah. And it's actually like I'm a bit of a letter writer myself because I'm a bit of a writer. Yeah. But- 
you sort of think in part of the application, you would sort of give yourself a little bit of a bio history of, of who you are and why with, you know, the email attachment of the application form sort of thing. You'd think that most people would do that, but I guess people are applying for so many properties that they just churn them out, cookie cutter the applications. I think, I think that's it. And I mean, it's look, uh, filling in an application is an onerous thing. I get yeah. that. Um, yeah. And so I understand why people get to the end of it and go, oh, just I can't, I can't type one more letter on this. It's just killing me. Um, but it every whilst they're doing application after application after application and they're repeating their information over and over, it's still only going to the property manager once. So I think you need to kind of give the best of yourself in that application. It's it's I don't want to say it's like a job application. That's obviously quite different, but you still want to. Um, I guess just put in as much of yourself as you can um, to to make you stand out a little bit. Yeah, you got you got to have that point of difference. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Um, because you know, and thing is, as a property manager, you're reading application upon application upon application, and they all start looking monotonous, don't they? To to a certain extent, yeah. You can yeah. have you know people who've got got um you know similar roles and similar um similar history and similar financials and there's certainly been situations where you've been in a conversation with an owner and they've gone okay can you go back to that first application I was like okay which one was that yeah. you know oh the, the you know the guy that worked in the in the bakery okay hang on I've got two guys that are working in bakeries do you know it's it can sometimes get like that yeah. um so being able to to give yourself some sort of differential um, I think that's that's always a it's always a smart thing to do, and then you do stand out from the crowd a little bit. Yeah, definitely. So, how important is it to build up a relationship with your property manager or landlord? Uh, I I think it's really important. Um, I again, I appreciate that sometimes it's it's easier than others, um, depending on you know the the people that you're trying to deal with. Um, there are certainly some harder personalities out there that don't really want to be your friend. Um, yeah. I've I've always worked on the premise that you know that everybody needs to be treated with respect and everybody needs to be treated equally, regardless of whether you're a tenant, a landlord, a tradesperson, or whatever it might be. So. Um, I, I try to make that relationship very early um, with with anybody that is renting a property through one of the properties that I look after. Um, I appreciate that's not the way that other um, other property managers or owners necessarily want to want to conduct themselves. They might want to keep it all at arm's length and just be very professional and very yeah. straight down the line with things. Um, but again, I think you know openness and honesty is always important. Um, you know, going back through, um, you know, what, what we've been through over the previous months, you know, people being open and honest about their situation mm. has meant that we've been able to negotiate and come through those things a lot quicker and a lot easier than people who kind of hid from it a bit and went, oh, my God, it's, I can't even have this conversation. Either I mentally can't have this conversation or I'm embarrassed to have this conversation. Um, it's going to come out eventually, so you may as well just, you know, just approach it, it from the beginning. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. Give us all a chance to work through it. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, like when you form that relationship with the property manager or landlord, can you can that help you secure another property in the future if if for instance you needed to to move on for say the owner's moving back into the house or or you know, you're looking 
you've changed jobs and you've moved suburbs and you want to be closer to your new job, all those sort of things can, you know, those building up that relationship help. Um, yeah. Your new yeah. Properties, absolutely. For the future. If, um, you know, there's certainly been situations in the past where I haven't been able to get in contact with someone's employer for whatever reason, but I've had the conversation with the property manager who has said, you know, oh, yeah, Sue's fantastic. You know, she's she's self-employed. She runs her own business. She never missed a, a rent payment. Um, you know, the place has always been presented immaculately. She's so great to deal with. You know, whenever there's maintenance, um, if I can't get it done straight away, she's understanding of that. She'll work with me. She keeps me informed with everything that's going on. All of those things are like ticking off boxes in my head around, okay, this is the sort of tenant that I want to put forward to the owner. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. Having, you know, having a good working relationship with anybody, I think, is, is paramount um, oh, in, in anything you want to do in your life. Um, yeah. And that's what, you know, residential management is. It's a, it's a working relationship. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, if you're new at this, what would be the best way to start forming that relationship with your property manager? Is it just, you know, do you go to your first inspection and say, no, you know, monopolise that cookie? You don't have a coffee? Bought bought you a cookie. (laughs) (laughs) Does that happen? Oh, food. Yeah, property managers and food, always. Um, I don't think I've ever had anybody bring me a cookie. No. Don't think I have. Um, but, uh, you know, there's, there's definitely with people, um, you know, just, just being nice to talk to, just being, mm. you know, just, just coming in, having a bit of a chat, having a bit of a laugh if you can. You now ask a question about the property. Um, and if your property manager is like absolutely flat chat, um, which does happen, you know, you get so many people through an open for inspection that you don't have time to kind of stop and talk to everybody. Yeah. Um, there's nothing wrong as well with going out and saying, listen, I can see that you're flat out. You know, here's my name. Here's my number. Um, I'll give you a call. Uh, you know, when would it be all right to give you a call? Because I've got a few questions. Um, yeah. So straight away, the program manager's going, oh, thank you. You know, you, you've seen that I've got a million things going on. Um, and, you know, yes, can we can we talk? Um, we can talk. I'll be back in the office at 3 o'clock. You can call me after that. Um, yeah. Or pop me through an email. I'll answer any questions that you might you might have or you might want. Um so it's just, it's, it's really just about being, you know, it's like anything. Everybody just wants to, to work with people who are, you know. Courteous, polite. Courteous, that's a good word. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. 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 And just understand the pressure that, you know, you're in to make sure that you've got the right person. For yep. The, the property. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So is there anything in the application we should write that could help us get the lease? you should write in there well other than other than sort of you know putting a little bit more context around who you are and and what you're looking mm-hmm. for um they just making sure that all the information's there so you know that that the pay slips are there um you know and they're they're the most recent ones um that the right phone number's there um you know that the person that you're giving as a reference isn't going away on three weeks holiday the next day you know that kind yeah. of that sort of information that makes it easier for us to grab hold of the application and, and run with it. Um, yeah. The longer it takes sometimes for us to process an application, if we've got one fully completed application in, you know, here, and then we've got another one that's sort of 70% done and we're having to wait and wait and wait to get that information, we're obviously going to have a client who's saying, well, what are you doing? Do we have a tenant? You know, yeah. so every day that the property's vacant is costing the owner money so they would like a tenant in as quickly as possible um so you know if we've got an application that looks pretty good and it's completed 
of course, we're going to put that forward to the owner. So it just might be that you miss out because yeah. it's just taking that little bit longer for us to get all the information ready to put to the owner. Yeah. So in, for instance, that sort of in- instance, if you found, say, two tenants or even three tenants who are like all perfect, but you can only give the pro- property to one, would you say, look, I know you wanted this property, but I've got something really, really close. It might be a tiny bit smaller. It might be a tiny bit this or whatever, but you know, you should really apply for this one because I reckon this would suit you down to the T as well. Yep. Does that happen a lot? Yes, absolutely. If yeah. if there are, um, and especially in this market, you know, around around this time of year, there's a lot of properties available. Um, yeah. So so if you've got some good applications, absolutely, we want to try and work with those people. Um, yeah. So, you know, unfortunately, you missed out on this one, but did you see this one? Did you see that one? Did you see that one? You know, yeah. can, can we organise to show you this particular property or what is it that you're looking for? What else would you consider? Um, let us help you find something else. Absolutely. Yeah, if you've got a good tenant, you don't want to let them go. You don't want to let those good tenants go, no. No. Because no. no. <laughs> there's enough bad tenants out there to for the other agents. Yep. <laughs> okay, so we will have a short break and come back with more from Sophie Lyon from Jealous Craig to talk about some strategic moves you can make to secure your lease. You're listening to Real Estate Right. I'm Sue Langada and I'm on today with Sophie Lyon, Director and General Manager of Property Management at Jealous Craig, as well as Director and Vice President of the REIV to talk to us about how we can convince a prospective landlord to give us the lease. So Sophie, can we offer six months rent up front to sweeten the deal? Yes. Yeah. Of course you can. <laughs> of course you can. <laughs> Go for it. Um, yeah, you can. Um, there, funnily enough, there are some clients who don't like that. Um, they don't, they don't, like, don't like it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but then that's, that's really just for the property manager to kind of, you know, navigate that and understand why the client doesn't want six months up front. Um, you know, it might be because they, they want us to hold a bit back, yeah. Hold a bit back each month. Like, you yeah. know, it's obviously a cash flow thing. They want to yeah. make sure that things are doing things when they want them to do it, not when they're given the money. But, yeah, yeah exactly. You guys can hold back. Yep. So it's not that um, So it's, it's one of those things you can certainly make the offer to the client and see, you know, if that's something that they would be happy to consider. Um, you know, some are, some aren't, but, you know, that's, that, like I said, that's just a matter for the property manager to step through and try and figure out how we can make that work both sides yeah um you know we've we've certainly had people offer that in the past um we've offered people had people offer higher bonds because they've got a pet um you know all of those things are, are doable um as long Have things as like longer leases and things like that mm. you know, people take say look i'll give you two years instead of 12 months because i really want to stay put because it annoys me that i'm going to move yeah. or they've got um we, we quite often get people requesting longer-term leases because they've got kids in school um, who are about to go into those two final years and they don't want to be in a position where they perhaps have to move in 12 months' time because the owner decides to sell or whatever it is, so they want to lock themselves in for that period. Yeah. Um, the, I think people tend to get very caught in it's either a six-month lease or a 12-month lease. Um, this is the rent that they're asking. This is the bond that they're asking. Um, mm. There's nothing wrong with going back with a with a slightly different 
deal. You know, um, mm. I'm, I, I need a 10-month lease and here's why. Um, I'd like an eight-month lease and here's why. Um, 15 months, whatever it might be. Um, or, you know, I've, I've got... I've got three dogs and one of them's a puppy and I get that might be you know, concerning for the owner. So I'm happy to pay a higher bond um, as long as it's over the rent threshold in the Residential Tenancies yeah. Act, of course. Um, so all of these things, are you don't just have to say six months, 12 months, here's the rent, here's the bond. Yeah. There's, there's opportunities in there for you to, to have a conversation and see whether the owner's open to a slightly different variation of those things. Yeah. Yeah, it's the same as buying property, isn't it? Like you can always ask for another, you know, three or four months settlement, you know, or yep. indoor tenants or whatever you like to do. But yeah. Absolutely. It's, What's it's the worst that can happen? They say no. Um, yeah, they say, move on and to like, Yeah. All right. So what would they accept? Well, they only want a 12-month lease at this rent, at this bond. Okay. It works for me. It doesn't work for me. Do I want to apply for this property? Do I want to move on to something else? No, it's yeah. nothing, nothing set in stone, put it that way. Yeah, fair enough. So if I was a qualified tradesperson or a handy DIYer and offered to do some maintenance on the property, would that help me get the lease as well? Uh, again, I think it would depend on the individual. Um, yeah. I think that I've, I've certainly seen situations where that is, that's been really good and it's also gone horribly wrong. So yeah. <laughs> I think sure. as, as long as it's really clear on you know what's going to be done what the time frame's going to be what happens if the you know the the um the tenant who's doing the work what happens if they go a little bit rogue and they say well you know we're we're going to to build a a tree house and they end up building like a you know i don't like a granny flat and a tree out the back you know what i mean it's like this massive structure (laughs) um you know there's there's all sorts of, again, there's all sorts of variables. I guess yeah. um, any, anything can be discussed, anything can be, um, can be agreed to, but yeah. it needs to be stepped out really clearly. I don't think it's a good idea for anyone to go, sure, just move in and knock yourself out, you know, and then yeah. you, you go and find that they put in an entirely new kitchen, which for the yeah. owner is great. Um, but, you know, <laughs> but you can't take it out when you leave. <laughs> there's, yes, there is that. Um, <laughs> So I think how many houses I've been into and they're going, oh, they're my blinds. And then, you know, like as a sale, I'm, I'm running up a sales property, but they're tenanted properties and they go, oh, they're my blinds. And, and oh, we put that partition wall in because, you know, we wanted to create a bit of separation and, and oh, that can easily come out, but it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> <It's us. laughs> uh, absolutely. Absolutely. There's yeah. all, but at this, uh, you know, there's, it's also lovely to see people, create their own home within yeah. that property you know what I mean so yeah. I actually I, I really like it when I go out to properties and you know they, they're happy to show me around the garden and they want to show me the veggie patch and all that yeah. sort of thing because I'm a very big gardener so um, yeah. you know whenever you're sort of talking and you can, you can see that they're creating a home there to yeah. me I think that I think that's lovely. Yeah oh definitely an instance when I was renting there was uh, the we actually talked to the landlord about no, if if instead of them painting the whole place, they said, "Look, you know, we'll give you the paint, and if you can paint it yourself." And and we are well, they they wanted to paint it professionally, and we're like, "Well, I think my partner at the time he was uh, an artist, so he thought, you know, had a nice fine detail thing going on with his painting." Um, so he goes, "Look, I'll paint it as long as you don't put the rent up for the next twelve months." And the landlord agreed because it would have cost him so much in labour. Um, 
but he provided the paint. So, you know, we cho- he chose the colour, you know, it wasn't the best. It was that lovely pinkish white, you know, that white that's almost, you know, <laughs> just a bit stark. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was back in probably 1997 or something. But, yeah, anyway. What are some of the things that can reduce your chances of getting a lease? So it, don't put these things in your application, um, but also be truthful. Yeah, you know, and... and- People go through situations that were temporary and that they've come out the other side. So, um, again, yeah. there's, there's, there's been issues where, you know, sometimes people have, um, they've had like a marital separation or they've had a situation where they're unemployed for a certain period of time um, and so their rent fell into arrears, uh, but then they managed mm-hmm. to get themselves out of that, they managed to correct it um, and, you know, their, their life has got, has got back to, you know, normal. Um, mm. give that information to your property manager. If, you, if you're open and honest with this sort of stuff and explain what was going on um, or, you know, yeah. you, were, you were sharing a house with somebody, you were always paying your half of the rent on time, but they were the one who was always dragging their feet so it actually does look bad. The questions mm. then that we know to ask the, the property manager who's giving you the reference rather than just saying to them, were the rent payments always on time? Um, well, no, they weren't. Mm. Here's the ledger. You can see all these times that the rent was massively in arrears. If there's no context yeah. behind it, of course, we're going to look at that and think, oh, there's a problem here. This is probably not something that the client is going to, you know, be be willing to accept as an ongoing tenant. Um, but they might mm. be if they understand what happened back then and this is not where you are now. Everybody goes through, you know, just not nice times in their life. Um, yeah, I'd and you know, it's just it's just how you communicate that information. Um, you know, if you're unemployed yeah. for a certain period or whatever it might be, all these things happen. Yeah. So, do you have any success stories of uh, how prospective tenants got their lease over someone who had a similar qualification or uh, sim- look, were similarly qualified? Success stories. I mean, it's it's everything that we've been talking about. You know, just just really um, trying to create a relationship with people. I think probably some of the success stories that I've had were were people who were unlikely tenants um, on face value um, that, you know, I had, I had um, two tenants once who were um, like on face value. Um, like one of them had the, had the mohawk. They were both heavily tattooed. Um, they, they worked in, in industries that you probably would look at and go, okay, this is maybe not ideal. Um, but they yeah. ended up being, honestly, two of the best tenants that I've ever had. Um, they, yeah. you know, several times my name has come up as a reference for them and I've always just praised them to the to the nth degree because their rent was always on time. They were wonderful people to deal with. Um, and whereas if I hadn't have had the chance to kind of have a chat to them at the open for inspection, if that application had have just come across, I probably would have looked at it and gone, okay, in the context of, of somebody else, um, you know, you put that to the owner, it's kind of like, mm, they sort of work in this industry and so maybe that's not kind of where, you know, but never an issue, never a problem. Um, and they yeah. were magnificent tenants. So, um, and same deal, I had um, I had a guy who came out of a, um, of a, a marital situation um, and so he was couch surfing for quite some time and didn't really have a fixed dress um, and lost his job in there as well. But then, you know, he, he got himself back to rights and he was very open about that, what happened. Um, and I had a, a client who was prepared to, okay, well, you know, let's, let's see how we go. 
Um, and again, yeah. he, he's been in the property now for, man, I think it's like 12 years. Um, wow. So, you know, he's just ended up being like the most ideal tenant who's just never given the owner any grief at all. Um, and, no. you know, lives in a block of apartments, always keeps me updated with what's going on in the block of apartments. Um, yeah. Just, you know, just... Is this... Mrs. Mangle, yeah, well, a little bit, oh, but no, no, but not not in a bad way. He <laughs> just tells me what's going on, you know, things that I may not be aware of because I'm not at the property every day. I can only go to the apartments every right. six months. He's there every day, and he rings and says, "Listen, the washing machine in the communal laundry is not working, or you know, this tenant's not parking in their spot, or whatever it might be." So, you know, it just helps me stay across stuff. Yeah, fair enough. Hmm? So basically, the the main tips are, you know. Be approachable. Talk to your t- property manager at the inspections um, to write a little bit of history about who you are and why you need the property when you do the application, or you know, nice little letter, or you know, if you hand deliver the application. Yeah. Um, and and three, just be honest. Yeah. 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 And truthful, and sh- and show your vulnerable side. Yeah. Just just be just be human, human really. <laughs> yeah. That's. Yeah. I think it just it. it We've all we're all in this together, as they were saying through all of this, you know, all, yeah. that, all that stuff that went on. Um, yeah. So you know, I I think that's the way we've got to look at it too. You know, it's it's a working relationship. We all want to um, not have too much angst in our lives if we can avoid it. So you know, yeah, work towards that. Definitely. So thanks so much, Sophie, for such a great episode on how to make the most of filling out the application form, which is essentially your appeal to the landlord when applying for your new tenancy. If you'd like to contact Sophie for any of your property management needs, you can call her on 0398105053 or go to the jealouscraig.com.au website for more information. So thank you, Sophie. We look forward to having you again on next year when we talk about the new residential tenancy act in 2021 (laughs) that will be fun yeah (laughs) so next week we have ross mckinnon an amazing architect who specializes in sustainable living to talk to us about building a sustainable home ross will give us some insight into what materials to use how we can work with a design with orientation as well as knowing how to live off the grid or be self-sufficient with energy resources don't miss it Real Estate Right is a real copyright production, hosted, written and produced by me, Sue Langada. We would like to thank Podbean for hosting our podcast, Premium Beat for our theme music and Zoom for our video link. Don't forget to subscribe, rate and review Real Estate Right on your favourite podcast platform. And if you would like to ask one of our experts a question on the podcast, email your questions to sue at realestateright.com.au. Thanks for listening to Real Estate Right.